Hey, so this podcast requires a little bit of setup that I wouldn't normally throw in a traditional episode. So the backstory to all of this is back in January 7th and 8th, which were a Saturday and Sunday, the data fam kind of went nuts on Twitter between Salesforce layoffs, which included some Tableau staff, the fact that most of the new Tableau features being mentioned were Salesforce integrations, and the fact that the Tableau conference was announced as two days instead of three led to sort of a social media uh, uprising. Uh, and Will Perkins, who is a DataFam member, friend, and Tableau ambassador, um, was kind of leading the charge. He was most vocal and most eloquent amongst all of this, which led to uh, Mark Benioff, who is the CEO of Salesforce, owner of Tableau, and chairman of Time Magazine, reaching out to many people in their DMs. So Will took Mark up on that, and they kind of got uh, some conversations going back and forth, which culminated in Will attending a dinner with Mark. After that, Will said, you know, I really wish you got to see the mark there that I got to. I think everyone would have different opinions of him if they knew this mark, to which I said, you should come on the podcast. Better yet, you and Mark should come on the podcast. Well, sure enough, Mark was down for that. So uh, Mark is on this podcast, as is Ryan Ate, who is uh, a former Salesforce employee. I guess he's still a Salesforce employee, now working at Tableau, and you'll find more about that as well as some random Salesforce guy who's just on the call very briefly uh, to set all that up. So if you want to jump in uh, straight with Mark and Ryan, uh, go to about the 10 minute, 45 second mark. Uh, but other than that, Will and I start off for about the first 10 minutes or so because he hasn't been on the pod before. And then he and I continue our conversation uh, after Mark and Ryan drop off at the end. Uh, is a fun time. I really think you're going to enjoy it. And without further ado, uh, let's get the show on the road. Okay, we're rolling. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I that I tell people at the office when we talk about like career mobility and career growth and opportunities is I compare it to learning another language, right? If I'm going to go visit Japan, I'm not going to try and learn the entire language before I go out there. What I really should learn are the words and the things that I don't like, that I know I don't like. So if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I hate chocolate. I need to know the word for chocolate. At, like, I don't like chocolate in Japanese. Then what that does is I don't know anything else I don't that they got there, right? I don't, I don't know some of these things. Like, I know what I'm, I'm learned is quote-unquote Japanese food, but then I'm open to other things and trying other things. Say, hey, I don't like chocolate, but I'd like to try anything else, you know? And so then that provides more opportunities. Same goes for your career. You don't know what's out there until you've tried it. So as long as you approach it with, you know, I've worked this type of job and I know I don't want to do that again. I'm willing to try anything else. Then you can, the opportunity, the doors are just wide open for everything. Yeah, that's that's a really good way of putting it. Like with the language example, like I've, I sometimes struggle with the analogies as to like sort of 
how to begin uh, because beginning is one of the hardest things. Like even knowing there is a beginning for a lot of people, right? Like if, if you're doing this at work already, that's one thing. But the problem with that is the pool of knowledge you have to tap into is so small. Even if you're in a massive organization like JP Morgan Chase or something, um, you know, even then you're, you're sort of getting the same people over and over um, as you sort of expand your influences and understand that there's more you can learn, that there's tutorials online, there's books to read, there's other people to follow. Like, obviously that scope widens. It's, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, Samuel Jackson showing up at the end of the first uh, Iron Man movie and saying, you know, there's a much bigger thing that you're a part of that you didn't know was there. Um, and how how difficult it is often to find those early steps and to transition into that sort of learning mindset. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny because the you know, J.P. Morgan is a big fish, right? We got over two hundred fifty thousand employees worldwide, um, but we've been able to create a Tableau community in the firm and try and build that up and. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people's careers blossom because of it. And it's an it's exciting thing seeing them go from, you know, various job grades, you know, taking, you know, going up a notch in job grades, seeing them expand to bigger roles, going from independent contributor to a manager, because that's where they really wanted to go. And they found something they were good at and, and it just worked and it clicked. And now they are training other people. We've got a lot of training and thing that doesn't there's no shortage of training at jp morgan uh but we've got like tableau academy that's in there that people can go through and you have to go to a proctor and you have people say you know hey i like this i don't like it you, you pass these milestones yeah and um i have the rumor has it that i make people cry because i give like very direct feedback but i'm very honest with them you know i'm i'm, I'm saying hey you're going through this this is a learning opportunity I'm not harsh with my words, not in the least, but I'm very caring. I say, hey, I see what you're doing here on this example. Um, what I would what I would suggest is doing this other thing, because what you're showing does not tell me what you're telling me. That's not the right chart type to go with, or that's not the right way you would you know, design the, da the dashboard. So it's a lot of really cool um, opportunities like that that people get. I was, I was having a conversation with a colleague today about something similar in terms of like, you know, sort of work position and difference in responsibility. So we've got like the senior analyst and the specialist and the senior analyst and the specialist on paper basically have the same technical skills. They create the same outputs, they service clients, they create dashboards, you know, ETL, all of that. But the primary difference is that the senior specialist has sort of a different mindset. They're able to uh, single-handedly deal with clients and customers. They're able to architect out the future of accounts. They're able to pitch new things. Uh, they're, they're, they're just able to do basically it's, it's more soft skill, but it's the kind of skills that have to be developed through practice and experience. Well, whereas the technical can kind of almost be developed in a vacuum, right? Like you could go off on your own and learn how to make really incredible dashboards, but it's then the first time you talk with a client and they give you that kind of feedback, you might shut down, right? Because you're not used to dealing with that. And even you, when this is sort of like a friendly fire situation where you're there to help them grow and you're giving feedback to help them synthesize and take that back. This is a low pressure environment where you're, you're not, you know, you're not the client. like they're not going mm -hmm. to be displeased. You're, you know, it's not going to hurt their job. It's just a learning process. And uh, if people don't sort of get in those reps and learn techniques and learn that sometimes you have to modulate your approach, sometimes you have to say, don't 
give me like wrote, make this chart, explain to me what the idea behind what you're trying to accomplish is. Like, what are you hoping to get out of this? What kind of decisions do you need to make? Okay, mm -hmm. what kind of metrics do you track? What do you do with that metric? Do you do anything with it? Does it actually need to be there? You know, that kind of stuff. And those are the kinds of things that are a more professional maturity question versus the, I can take the instructions and I can build the thing. Well, kind of going back to the language thing, I, I used this example when I was in India um, is, you know, a lot of times, you know, we speak data, we speak business, we speak a common tongue, depending on the group that we're, that we're talking with. And not everybody can translate those words directly. So the example of when I was out in India, I said, you know, how many people in this room speak one language? Nobody raises their hands. In, in India, pretty much the only people that speak one language are the foreigners that go there, that speak their their native tongue. Um, but, you know, I, as a as a bilingual, mostly bilingual person like i understand that there are things that literally just do not translate into english or translate elsewhere right so what i what i said was you know how often are y'all in a conversation where you're in a common tongue and you're thinking about something in your mother tongue and you're saying it in the common tongue but the other person doesn't understand the words you said they understand the words but they don't understand the context this doesn't happen right um and then everyone's you know shaking their head. It's all like, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. I said, that is how our conversations with our stakeholders go. We could tell them all day long, no, we're not going to use a pie chart. But they have no idea. They're telling you, I want a pie chart. Give me a pie chart. And so, but what they're saying is, I need to be able to understand this data. This is how I am communicating those words to you. I want a pie chart. And so what we need to do is say, what I hear you say is, you want to see this difference, the slices between these numbers. You would like a pie chart, but I've got other ways of doing this more effectively. Here is the solution that you really need. And now you're going to have a better solution as we move forward. You know, I don't need to have colors, don't need to have this, don't need to have, like, just do bar charts or whatever the, the right solution would be. Yeah, it's, um, that that's 100% the case. Um, and it looks like our first guest has arrived. Oh, two guests. Hello. 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 Welcome to the party. How are you doing? Hi, Zach. Doing good. Doing excellent. Nice to see you. Hey, guys. I'm just here to listen, if you don't mind. I'm Brad. Nice to meet you all. No problem. Brad, I saw you in Dallas. Well, we had dinner yes. together in Dallas. It's good to see you. Good to see you again. Thank you. Oh, Will's talking about Mark Cuban, but he doesn't mention you. Come on, Will. What? <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure where you are, Zach. Um, but we have Susie Cakes here in Dallas, which is like the best bakery ever. And I had dinner next to the founder of Susie Cakes, so that was my, you know, Mark Cuban moment. Is I had Susie Cakes next to me. It's great. Well, I live in Memphis, where we're known for losing for the Lakers, uh, Elvis, and being three hours from Nashville. So. Yeah, well, at least you got into the playoffs more than my Mavs can say. Uh, you know, we try. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I, I told that. So this all started. Um, well, here we go. I love Mark's picture, his profile picture. That is a fantastic haircut. That was that taken yesterday. It was taken yesterday. Mark, okay. welcome to the party. Thank you. How's it going? 
wonderfully well, first right. of all i would like to say we, we have a packed house here so at some point i'll be asking us to go around the horn so people can connect voices to names but i wanted to say thank you very much for joining us today um i know you don't have to be here and i want to thank you for a couple other things also so back in january tableau community went ham on twitter and you personally waded into the fray reaching out to people some people like will responded other people were 100 sure you were someone managing your account but either way, I, I respect right. you doing that. I personally ignored you because I figured you were an assistant, but I'm really happy to be talking to you today. And also, thank you for Tableau Conference. Uh, when it was announced at two days, people freaked out a little bit because we were used to three days. And you listened, you heard, you uh, put your money where your mouth was literally, and it's three days again. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. So uh, what is the story behind here? Will, do you want to jump in first? Will Perkins. Yeah. Um, so as, as you mentioned, you know, I, I, Mark reached out there, January was crazy. And that's the, I got this invite for a dinner and I was very, I, I was, I was confused trying to figure out like similar, is this really Mark asking me for dinner? You know, <laughs> like he's going to be in Dallas. And so I was trying to figure out, I was like, obviously, yes, I will, I'll go. This is, this would be great. Um, it'd be a great opportunity. And it really was. And the dinner was amazing. Um, we had a great time. A lot of it. I was it still blows my mind how many amazing people were in that room, like literally changing the world. And and yet here I am. I'm just a guy who makes pretty charts and, and graphs. Right. Um, and, you know, listening to all the different stories, listening to everything that's going on um, was was profound. And I like I still have stuff in here. But after dinner. You know, I hadn't talked with Mark before. There's cocktail hour, but Mark, you're a very big guy and you have a very big personality and people swarm to you. And I was like, oh man, I'm not going to be able to get any uh, any time with him. So after dinner, I just went and I shot my shot and I said, hey, Mark, I would do myself a disservice and I would do the, the data family disservice if I didn't come and talk with you. And you just started brain dumping. I was, the my perception, Here, here's what I'll say. My perception of you, I've seen you three times in person now. One was at TC19. You know, I just bought the company um, and my perception was, oh, God, here's here's a here's like a new like it's you're not using the lingo of the data fam and all these different things. And we're like, oh, man, this is just what are we getting into? And then I saw you at Dreamforce and you're in your zone. I saw you. I was at Dreamforce this year. I was I, I was in the the um, the biz games and you were in your zone. You're at home. And I don't know the lingo of Salesforce, but like I could see everybody. It was just as I could see you. And I was like, OK, that's a good motivation. Like. He's really there. And then at dinner, it was a third. So I've seen three different marks. And I told Zach after dinner, everyone needs to see that mark. Because the amount of detail that you had on all of our conversation, I was blown away how much you knew about Tableau. Because I know you have your hands in so many different things. Our conversations, and I mean, I didn't hold back. You know, you know like I told you, if you lose Francois, you lose the data fam. Um, and if, you know, we I talked about the two day things and while we were complaining and um, you know, you, you explained why it was two days, you know, you said data showed people weren't going to day three and we just, it was expensive. And you said, y'all complained. Here we go. We gave you day three. We're packing it. We're filling it up. Like I, we genuinely appreciate that. I mean, it was meaningful. You're literally like Zach said, you're putting your money where the mouth was and everything. I even thought you were trying to Irish goodbye me at one point. You're like, Hey, I got to hit the head. I'll be right back. <laughs> you know. And you came back and we continued. We chatted. I mean, I kid you not, I think it's about 20 minutes. And I, it was it was super meaningful. And I came out of that blown away. I, I, so 
when Zach, when I told Zach about this, I said, Hey, I think we do a podcast. And he said, well, Mark be interested, you know, message you. You said, hell yeah. And here we are. Like, it's still crazy. That was a great dinner and it was great to meet you and spend time with you. And, um, and also, you know, we've also built a relationship online and in person and uh, that's what it's about. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, uh, Really appreciate all of your contributions, Will, to the Data Fam and everything you've done for Tableau. It's very meaningful to me. And I'm also, I think I introduced you also to Ryan, who's also joining us here, who is our new CEO of Tableau. And we've, you know, consolidated all of our distribution and product uh, together. And, uh, you know, obviously we also love Francois, who works for Ryan, and it's very important to us as well. And um, we... Uh, um, continue to come up with new ideas and things that we want to do to make uh, not only the data fam stronger, but Tableau stronger and the customers. Ryan is full time with all the, with all the data fam and all the customers all over the world. He's got some great stories as well, but I hope this is just the beginning of, you know, many conversations and many relationships and many dinners and many conferences. And, uh, you know, this is not, we're not just doing a one and done. We're not going to Irish goodbye you. <laughs> so so to that so that so that end are, are you teasing future conferences are we locking you in here or can, can we can we put you to the flames a little bit or because because honestly okay you know you, you you saw everyone go nuts on twitter before right like i admittedly not everyone is acting rationally all the time are there, well, I'll, I'll be and i i try to be the most honest broker i can on this podcast because there are lots of people that want to throw stones a lot of people that want to make snap judgments and all sorts of I don't know, character call. I don't know. Like I I'm trying to be as, as fair as I can to everyone. Like Will and I have tried to reach out and uh, be more involved with the Salesforce community. Sharif and I have really hit it off. For example, he's one of your MVPs. So we're trying to make some bridges here, but to that end, can we see you at uh tablet conference uh, 24? Are you going to be there? We know you're missing this year, but buy you a drink. Well, I don't know. Do you like going to San Diego? San Diego sounds great. I'll see you there, Mark. All right. I hope I'll be there. Ooh, my best. What? So we got we got TC twenty four. I'm not there in person. I'll be there virtually, but I'm putting it on my calendar now. And and so are we. Thank you, sir. That's uh, you. Let me tell you, this is pregame, right? Everyone is is excited for next week. Like last year's conference was a little bit smaller, but we were back in person. This is the one where people are coming in numbers. People right. are making custom swag like crazy. I personally, I'm bringing about like five pounds of stickers. I'm not making any money off of that. I don't know what I'm doing. I do it because this community and this conference has dramatically right. changed. Look, Will's got his stickers too. He and I are both presenting there. I'm talking about community and the power of building yeah. up, you know, your personal learning through enthusiasm. And like, this has really made a legitimate difference in people's lives. Like that's why Will's here. That's why I'm here. And that's why we're so invested in this. And if people get passionate, it's not because they're it's not because they're against you and it's not because they're anti-Salesforce. It's because they're scared, because they're worried that what they love and what has changed their life and what they're using to change others' yeah. lives is going to go away. Yeah. Well, our you know, we we bought the company because we love the product, we love the company, we love the brand, we love the data fam, we love, you know, we we love making a viz ourselves. And uh we want to um uh, do do more of all those things. And I think if you look back at everything that we've done, if we've made a mistake here and there, it's, oh, the conference is 
two days, not three days, where he's guy forgot to add this session or whatever. And it's like we're we're trying not to make any egregious issue, you know, mistakes, but we are also deep with all the customers. You know, we're out there deep in all the customers, making them as successful as we can. And also building new products. You know, we have this great new data cloud now that's integrated with uh, Tableau that we are super excited about. We're introducing all of our customers to Tableau as well to try to expand the data fam to the Salesforce clients. Um, I'm super excited about data cloud because it's this incredible real-time system. It's fully automated. It's has AI built into it. And then, uh, you know, Tableau works out of the box and um, it, it gives Tableau customers the ability to uh, expand to um, building a whole, you know, data service, data cloud, but also let Salesforce customers, you know, begin to bring data cloud and to Tableau in as well. So that's really important. Slack, same thing. You know, this first integration with Slack was uh, Tableau, so you can have collaborative analytics we think that's incredible. If you haven't seen how that works, it's amazing. And um, uh, I use that myself. It's great. It's a fantastic integration. And uh, we want to make the data fam more relevant, more successful, and more innovative than ever before. And uh, these ideas that we're getting together, you know, like at the conference, that's so important to us. That's something we do. Like the dinner is a great example. I'm down in dinner. I'm down in Dallas. I know. I Will is down there. I invited Will. It's a 42-person dinner. We had a great time. Um, there were a lot of great, you know, uh, customers there. Mark Cuban even came. We had a lot of great folks from the major Dallas uh, companies, Southwest and um, uh, and uh, AT and T, and of course, you know, I think uh, Will's at J.P. Morgan Chase and so forth, and so. Uh, uh, making all this work and uh, you know uh joins lat joan jll is also important to us aren't you still there uh zach i am yeah uh we've yeah, got yeah. the single biggest visionary and ambassador population and i think you know how important that client is to salesforce as well so um all of these things are uh can work together and uh, it requires relationship it lot requires a lot of communication integrity commitment and also, we know we have to keep it in the forefront of our mind, which is when we put together the dinner in Dallas, I contact Will and said, Will, come on down to the dinner, because I think that's important. And then he got to hear all the sales. There was a lot of Salesforce customers there, but also Slack, also Tableau and um, MuleSoft and others that we've all put together. And it was a great dinner. You know, I thought it was one of the best conversations I've had in a long time. It was like several hours, by the way. It was not like some an hour or something. It was, what was it? Well, three or four hours all until yeah. all in all. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I love getting on the road and talking to customers and being with everyone and hearing what's going on and then trying to translate that back to our teams. And I'd love for you to hear from Ryan too, because you know, he's, he's the same way. Ryan was my chief of staff and my chief business officer. And, you know, now I made him CEO of Tableau because I think he's really exhibited the, many of the attributes that are important, I think, to the company, to the, the data fam. I'm sure Ryan's personally out, reached out to you and to others and to many, many others. And we take this very seriously. And uh, we, we, we think that we have a tremendous responsibility. And um, we, we want, but it's, we're not done. There's no finish line on any of this. 
So let, let's just keep the good times going. Anyway, Ryan, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. You know, I think you're, um, it's really great to have this podcast, by the way. So thanks, Will and, and Zach for pushing it. I think, um, you know, I look at the the community as like a partnership and ultimately partnerships are two-way. And so I think what we really are trying to do, I think we've listened a fair amount, but I think one of the things I've heard is we need to action more of the things that we've talked about. And so you'll see a lot of that next week. I don't want to give away our headlines, but there's a lot of really exciting things to come. Um, and I think it's a continuation of that, which is, you know, what's most important. I think what Mark said is spot on. We think about, you know, Salesforce at a macro level, it's data, AI, and CRM. Well, data and AI specifically are very right in the wheelhouse of all the Tableau community members. And so how do we make that more relevant and bring you more opportunity to even further your own career is a great opportunity. It's also great for our customers and you're in, you're in our customers, which is fantastic. Um, and then of course, the connectivity to the CRM side is also critical given many of our large customers of all, actually customers of all sizes use Tableau, but how do we make it more connected that will make all of the community feel more empowered really and give you more opportunity. So, but again, it's a journey, it's a partnership. We have to continue to listen. And I think part of my my job, especially in the new role is alignment. How do we drive a sense of urgency? How are we continuing to push more innovation to you all, to the customers, and then also success, right? So it doesn't just, uh, it, it doesn't just end at sort of the, you know, the things I've said, but we have to continue to drive on this concept of success and support and the journey right? Because Tableau, as you know, as we shift more to cloud, as we shift more in a generative environment, right? With AI, there's a lot of things we have to be focused on. And I think those are the things that you're going to hear about next week. Um, so I'm super excited. And by the way, conference is like 2X last year. So it's big, it's exciting. You know, we're opening it up more, which is great. Um, and so excited to hear your feedback once you get there. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you there as well. Ryan, you, you got to tell us why do you think it is 2x this year? What is going on in the data family with the product and getting back together? And what's happening? Is it because we made it three days or are there other reasons? <laughs> That's a tease. That's good. I think the three days was kind of important, to be honest with you. You know, um, a lot of this stuff, I, I think that I think about data in general, and you all know this, but I think just to emphasize it, every single customer I talk to wants to talk about data, analytics, and AI. And of course, they're already talking about CRM because they're Salesforce customers. But this is topic du jour right now. They want to understand where we're going. And we have a really great thing that we can talk about. We also do these great things, which I know you guys have been involved in around the Tableau days. Tableau days are extremely powerful inside of a company that's trying to learn how to better harness data and AI, right? And so in many cases, we're connecting the dots. And I think if we bring together the Salesforce, you know, customers, the Tableau customers, which in some cases are overlapping, there's really great opportunity in that hunger for more information. I mean, we go to Tableau conference, just like when we go to Dreamforce or any other event, it's about inspiring you, connecting all of the customers and the community members. That's the big opportunity. Um, and so I think there's a lot of demand. Um, it would probably be even bigger if we had, you know, a location like San Diego. So that's a great idea, Mark. Um, you know, and so we'll, we'll have to share more on that later. <laughs> and I think so, the other, I think the other point is that, you know, the world is shifting rapidly. We all know that. And data is more important than ever. And, you know, we're in an AI world, but there is no AI world without data. And I think the AI companies are about to find that out too, because <laughs> they've been kind of stealing their data to get their data. And I think that they're going to have to pay up for some data. And, uh, but you know, companies are going to have to rationalize 
AI and data together. They're two different things. Generative AI, you know, and the way that these neural networks work and things like OpenAI, the way they work is they amalgamate large data sets. Um, that's not the way it works at JLL or JP Morgan Chase or others where relational databases are very critical parts of how data is managed because it's managed at the row level. And then you have row level security where, you know, readers don't block writers, writers don't block readers, but also users have individual sharing controls and security privileges. That world is not going to go away in the new world of AI. Because in the new world of AI, one amalgamated data set is not going to fly when it turns out to be like JP Morgan's call center and they're looking at various account balances. Only certain people can see certain amounts of data. You know, Will's a great person, but he does not have access to all <laughs> JP Morgan's data. He does not, right? But in the world of generative AI, he does. So who do you think is going to bring these two ideas together? It's going to be the next iteration of the data fam. The data fam is going to become an AI fam also, because it's the data fam is going to have to, you know, basically build these bridges with this new AI world and become AI experts, not just, not just Tableau experts. And then also then be able to connect in the world of Salesforce is a great example where we have these large data sets, but they're highly controlled by the security privileges and the sharing privileges. And when you put these things together, AI data and CRM, you kind of have the beginning of a new world. And that's very exciting, but the old world is not going away. It, it just can't, because what is what do you think? That Will's gonna come back and convince the CIO of JP Morgan Chase just to take all the data in the company and put it into ChatGPT? Uh, it, obviously it's not gonna work. Right. But we also know how these large language models work, which is they are consuming massive amounts of public data to then be able to kind of have these kind of very accurate predictions, but also these hallucinations, which is not accuracy. OK, and that's not by part of the data fam. You know, the way that the data fam works is this is our accurate. Right. We're looking at actual data, but in a new way. Right. We're here to see and understand data. That is not the motto of AI. You know, <laughs> the, the motto of AI is very different, which we're going to give it to you whether it's right or not. So, and AI and, and, these, and, these, and these, these systems like OpenAI and others, they're massive plagiarizers. So they're just grabbing whatever they can, images, video, text, and then, you know, they're bringing it in and they're not giving it back. And then it gets a synthesized into one big, you know, uh, component. We don't even understand, by the way, how it all works. There's no one who's going to even say to you, oh, I don't understand exactly how this works. It, it works in some magical way that we don't even fully, completely understand. But we're going to be able to take that world and the world that we already have and bring those worlds together. And uh, that's what's exciting. And so I hope that those conversations begin in Vegas and then continue uh, in San Diego, because this is something that's going to transform the whole world and all of our businesses, JLL, JP Morgan Chase, Salesforce, Tableau, on and on, we're all going to have to cross this bridge together. And this is going to require a lot of handholding and work together to make it happen. You know, this is exactly, this kind of conversation is exactly why this podcast came about, having fun technical conversations at conferences and missing those 
And I appreciate you going into that kind of detail because I think a lot of people don't, at least in the data fam, only know you as a businessman and don't know your background. Like they don't know about you like programming Atari games as a teenager, you know, like they don't know that stuff. They yeah. see Mark, they see you're a billionaire, right. they they see you with Will I Am, and they're like, Yeah, he's like a mogul, right? But it's like they they assume that, you know, you you've businessed your way to where you are. And obviously you have, but that did not come without technical acumen and passion. Let me ask you this, Mark. Like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Why do you keep going? Like at this point, like if money is a tool, you have the biggest tool belt of any human I've ever talked to in my life, right? Like you could do whatever you want right now. Like yeah. why why keep going? And I'm not saying to retire. Like I'm not saying like like right. this was a great conversation. Get out of here. I'm saying like what keeps you going? Like is it just yeah. the act of creation? Like what is it? Well, you said it. I can do whatever I want, and this is what I want to do. I only do what I enjoy, and um, this is what I enjoy. I enjoy talking to you and Will and Ryan, and uh, I am enjoying this new world of AI that we're going into. You know, my uh, neighbor is this incredible person, you know, Sam Altman, who's the CEO of OpenAI, and he over had me over to his house, and he's giving me this incredible demo of this uh, new product he has, and all of a sudden he's kind of cloned my voice, you know, and he's using the large language model and others are doing this, not just him, but it was very impressive. And I'm like reading the speech that John F. Kennedy gave. And I'm like, this sounds exactly like me. And I'm like, everyone's going to have to teach their kids code words because people are going to call you. And they're going to be like, it's going to sound like your kids and it's not going to be them on the phone. So then I'm like, well, this is just amazing. And he's like, I'm like, how, where's this story? He's like, oh, this is in the wait state. Of the, of the AI, of the network. And I'm like, well, how does that work exactly? And um, Will's already heard this story once, he heard it at the dinner. And um, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, he, he says, well, Mark, you know how your brain works. Where is the data stored exactly? You know, and I'm like, uh, you know, that doesn't really fly for uh, Jamie Dimon, does it, Will? You can't just say it's in the wait state. You have to tell them where the data is stored, right? At JP Morgan Chase. The CEO wants to know where the data is stored, by the way. So he couldn't tell me where the voice was stored. He could delete it, but he didn't know exactly how it was stored. So that's a new world where when, you know, that we're, we're, we're moving into a world where it's a new type of data and it's a new kind of intelligence. And, you know, these systems are, are like I said, they're claiming to be becoming 10% smarter every day. So, um, you know, uh, Sam will tell you, he thinks that, you know, these systems will just start writing the software themselves pretty soon, but not completely. And I don't want to give away too much about what you're going to see in San Di in the, not just San Diego, where you're going to see a lot, but you're going to start to see a lot in, um, in Vegas. But this idea that, hey, these systems are a lot smarter and they can help us and move us farther along than ever before. I think when somebody started in the data fam before, you know, they have to start, they have to get one of those books on Tableau and you're learning how to write the code and what is this stuff and what did these guys do at Stanford and how do you write these SQL parsers and all this stuff. And a lot of that complexity is going to go away through AI, not just for Tableau, but for every tool. And accessing the most sophisticated parts of computing um, that's going to just become a lot easier. You know, when I started programming, which was 
writing basic, writing 68,000 assembly language, writing 6502 assembly language. I had a book in front of me and I had to like work on every single instruction. That is not going to be the future of computing or how things are programmed. You know, there the computer is going to be there and it's going to be going along with you. Just like with the radiologist is going to be there, you know, looking, helping. The AI is going to help that radiologist. Go, hey, oh, you missed that right there. Okay. And will it eventually replace the radiologist? I don't know, maybe some places. I mean, a lot of places there aren't any radiologists. We're lucky in the United States, we have, you know, very strong medical system and, you know, um, uh, you know, Will, ha Will needs to get a scan. He's going to go down to SMU and he's going to have a great um, party team or whatever. What's that? <laughs> I said have a great party because it's SMU. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that in a lot of parts of the world, there are no radiologists and there are no scanners and there are no this and that and so forth. And uh, I just invested in a cool company called Artera, which does prostate cancer AI, and it makes every urologist the best in the world. So that if they're looking at the data, you know, like, are you going to have surgery or you're not having surgery? Have this is the issue. Is that the issue? And that the AI, which is, you know, is running at a clinical level, which is the highest possible. So every radiologist is the best radiologist. Every urologist is the best urologist. Every every uh, member of the data fam, by the way, is the best member of the data fam. There's the, there's no variation that you know the the computer can kind of take everyone to the highest level. I think that that's the really cool thing. Versus today, maybe somebody's starting out, they don't know everything. You know, I think the AI will kind of bring everyone along a lot faster and give everyone more opportunity for capabilities. And this is the new world that we're really kind of getting into. And I think that's the discussion I think we'll be able to have, you know, in depth when we get to um, Vegas. So let me ask you far away. On that. Go when, ahead. Is the con when is the conference? It's soon, right, Ryan? Monday. Next week, it's uh, Monday. 8, right. yep. So I think that that is just going to be, you know, amazing. So as, told, as humans uh, that are going to be recipients of this, this godlike technology, I'm exaggerating. Um, where do, what's our next move? What do we do next? Uh, coding is less important. Where do we step in? What, if, if you were, if you were Will Perkins right now, what's your next move? I think uh, going to Tableau conference. I actually think this is where the conferences and the events and the blogs and the, this and the, that, and the podcasts are more important than ever before because you're going to want to really talk to everyone and have a shared experience and by the way this has always been the fun part of computing for me because hey look computing is always getting lower cost and easier to use i've been doing this a long time since 1979 when i was writing my code you know on a trs80 model one you know and here we are you know where we're like you know talking about the next version of this code so I think we're only going to get through this together. And I think that is kind of the motto of Tableau Conference going forward, because there's never been more opportunity. What do you think that, uh, you know, you and Will aren't going to be much more needed than ever before in your companies? No, of course not. This is more important than ever. The data, the normalization of the data, the ability to import the data, but to keep it secure. You know, I think my point on security is extremely important and not one that is discussed at all 
in regards to these um, generative AI systems. Oh, look at, look at this. I can go to this designing tool and now just by, you know, using text or whatever, I can now design this. I can design that. I can do that. Well, the end, it's the end of computing as we know it. Is it? I mean, I think we're not completely there yet. You know, it's like we, there's, that's a, you know, I saw the Terminator movie too. I, I understand it. Or, you know, yeah, I saw, you know, um, uh, I saw I saw one how uh, didn't want to open the bay doors. I get it, but that's not where we are right now. You know, I mean, I I think that we're on a journey, and we're gonna where that journey is going is a lot to do with us and the decisions that we're gonna make, and our ability to kind of communicate and share those intentions and desires going forward. But when we look at things like the sharing model or security model or how data is stored and um, this this will be extremely important. And I'll maybe add to that. I think it allows anyone, right? I use Tableau. You all use Tableau, right? We have different levels of you know data scientists, analysts. It's only going to make you do your job better because it's going to take some of the tasks, perhaps that are tedious, time consuming, etc., that you can now offload or partially take away. So it really gives you an opportunity to do a better job. Ultimately, that's how I look at this. Um, and I think you're going to see some of that next week. I think this is also what we want to have more of a discussion with you all um, to really get a sense of what are you hearing in your organizations. This is, we're on a learning journey. We're in the very beginning of it, but it's moving very quickly. Um, so more to come next week. Yeah, the the whole security thing that Mark brought up you know, we, at the dinner when you talked about your voice being recreated, my brain immediately went to security and I'm like, okay, two-factor authentication, voice authentication, um, JP Morgan call centers. How easily can somebody be cloned and and lose money? Right. My my wife's company or my wife works for Apollo Alpha Networks. And she said their CEO was talking about this type of, of technology and how can they prevent, you know, how can we do as much um, preventative checks and it's 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 to your point, it's a whole new world out there. And I, I, security is absolutely mission critical at, at companies. And I think that that's really, you know, at the end of the day, we're obviously going to get into another level. But all of this, and by the way, quantum is going to play into this. AI is going to play into this. And we're going to play into this, you know. And I think that all of us are going to have to work together. Vendors, that's what we're the role. Users, customers. You know, um, advocates, pundits, all everybody's going to have to kind of come in here together and do this from a community standpoint. Like, you know, getting through a lot of the complicated parts of our industry that we've gotten through before. The, this is a huge opportunity. Steve Jobs would always say to me, be mindful and project project the future. So we want to see the future that we want. We're going to set our intention with clarity that this is what we want. This is where we're going. This is our vision. These are our values. Um but, um, you know, putting all these pieces together, there, there's a few more steps um, before, before we get to, you know, this, this, this end, end state that we think we're all kind of about to get to. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a wide open world right now. Stuff's always changing. Stuff's always breaking. But like so many problems of the past that people have worried about and perceived, this is going to open so many doors and we're going to have so many solutions to the problems that come up. Let me ask you this. I know we're coming to the end of our time, gentlemen. Is there anything else you want to throw out there or tease before we wrap up today? I want to be mindful of your time. 
No, I think we call it a lot. You know, look, we're at Salesforce, you know that we have our, and I think for any great software product, there is a great, um, there's a great uh, community associated with great products. And uh, Salesforce, we have our trailblazers, data, there's the data fam, great example. But I think that we're going to see the beginning of uh, an extension of um, the capabilities and the requirements of that as, we, as we're about to go forward. And I think it will be very important. And I think that my, my prediction for Vegas is, is that everyone who is leaving Vegas is going to feel that the, a door is open to the future for them. Wonderful. I think that is an excellent note to end on. Ryan, you have anything you want to add? I mean, I think I would just echo what Mark said, but also leave you with the fact that we're on a journey to the next horizon, right? And I think like every company, we've gone through many different horizons. I think Tableau is on a journey. We're super excited. I'm really excited to align the product and the sales and the rest of the organization across the board. We're only going to, that'll only allow us to go faster. Um, we're listening. And I think we need to continue to hear from the whole community like we're doing and we're doing more listening sessions and we're there, that's what keeps us sort of moving forward together in the name of the customer and in the name of customer success. So I'm excited about it. It's day one for me in this new role, but um, we're going to get into it next week and we're going to continue forward. So I really do appreciate your time, you guys uh, doing this podcast today. Yeah. And congratulations, Ryan, on your promotion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ryan. It has been spectacular. Ryan, see you next week. Mark. Hopefully see you in San Diego. All right. All the best. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. So this is Zach. I'm back with uh, Will. Uh, we just finished our conversation uh, with Mark and Ryan. Um, and we had a couple of revelations. First of all, uh, Ryan Ate, new CEO of Tableau. So that was just a literal drop right here and now. Um, you may already know that by the time this release is on uh, Wednesday, May 3rd. But if you didn't, uh, yeah, we've got a new CEO. Additionally, Mark uh, was not shy about teasing that we will have additional Tableau conferences, uh, not the least of which will be Tableau 24 in San Diego. So uh, if you're feeling the least bit apprehensive that this is the Tableau conference at the end of the world, that seems to be unfounded. Uh, having said that, Will, how are you feeling, buddy? Um, I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, that was the Mark that I had dinner with um, and talked with and had very direct conversations about my concerns for the data fan, the everything that I knew that had been bubbled up to me through me, my own personal experience of just 20 minutes of, of him having true back and forth, open, honest communication and the detail in which he went in, you just heard it. And, and, you know, that, that to me was, oh my God. I had the wrong perception of this guy who I thought was just completely disconnected from companies that he's purchased, companies he's invested in. And I just thought he was somebody who was like, okay, just give me give me my big KPIs and that's that's it. But the detail in which he knew about Tableau, the journey that we've been on, the things that have have gone wrong, the things that have gone right, all of these things he said, we are learning. We know we're making mistakes. We know this. I'm trying to fix them. Uh, and I could hear the sincerity in his voice. I could see from his body language, like he wasn't just trying to sell me on, on something. And it, I was, it was glad you saw that too. You were able to actually see him. Yeah. Um, I, I had a very different impression from Mark from the first, I've seen him twice now, right? Like I saw him at Tableau conference, uh, what 17, 18, 19, 19, 19, 19 God, I'm old. 
uh, at Tableau Conference 19 when he came and gave the infamous rights the visa speech. And I think a lot of people got, um, you know, we all formed our opinions around that, right? And that's not to say that we we ever really understand another person. And certainly I'm not claiming to understand the the multi-billionaire executive of multiple uh, multiple companies. Um, but I did appreciate the level of detail Mark went into on a lot of stuff. Now, look, um, I'm fully, I, I'm going to call this out now. People are going to say this. There are going to be some people that say we didn't ask the right questions, uh, that we went too easy, uh, that we're being shills, or the fact that he mentioned the companies that we worked at sort of softened us up and made us sort of receptive to what he has to say. Look, we realize, you know, Mark did you know a little research on us. There's, he knows I worked at JLL because you know someone gave him a little detail and stuff. And look, I did a little research. Like I read up on Mark a little bit before this conversation. That's the kind of thing you do when you're entering into that kind of conversation. And in this case, like he knew that you know he was off his home turf, right? This is not a Salesforce official communications channel. Like I'm an independent operator here. Um, you know, we're just having a legitimate, uh, you know, casual conversation and. I appreciated the fact that he was willing to get really technical and you can, I think you can hear how he was geeking out about a lot of this stuff. Like clearly he gets fired up by this kind of thing. And while we might not always agree with some of the decisions that sort of come out of Mark or Salesforce corporate, like I do, you know, I do respect that he was willing to come on here and have this conversation. Amen. Yeah. So, um, Will, I'm seeing you next week in Vegas. You and I are both speaking. Uh, you are presenting with Vince Baumel. What is your presentation about? The official title or the unofficial title? Is... <laughs> <laughs> the official title is what? Let me let me switch screens here. It is. Uh, let's see. I'll tell you the unofficial unofficial title first is only bands. That's the title that we submitted. Um, I can't. And... I can't. I don't know why that would be the unofficial title. Like, uh, you know, I, when they, when they changed our title, so the official title is maximizing your bands for better business dashboards. That's it. That rolls off the tongue, right? Yeah, um, that's sexy. It is super sexy. Um, when they, when they said, you know, this is your title and they didn't want the only bands. I said, well, Salesforce Tableau is not as fun as Tableau Tableau as the, um, let's talk about sets tableau. And oh, uh, that was great. I remember that. So so I was a little bummed that they you know changed our title, but extremely excited that uh, that they accepted our presentation. Yeah, Tableau Tableau was a, was a little more PG thirteen. Salesforce Tableau is a little more PG. Look, we can we push the bound. We go for like a nineteen eighties PG. Like let's let's shoot for that. Like uh, <laughs> my presentation is this what you love uh, using. I don't know passion to make. I don't remember. I I made it up on the fly. The gist of it is it's talking about finding ways that make you happy to learn more. Because God knows if we don't all keep practicing and learning, we're really not going to have the sort of fulfillment in our careers that we want. So, so uh, I give you some of my techniques and recognize that that path is going to be a little bit different for everyone. You and I are both also bringing tons of custom swag. Yes. Not tons. I've, I've just got two different, uh, two different types of stickers. Um, I, in addition to presenting the maximizing your bands for better business dashboards, I will be participating in the, uh, the, the tip battle. 
So that'll be that'll be fun. And the theme is kind of like a 90s theme. So mm. for my 90s theme, I've always had this idea of using the all that logo, but just being like all data. So finally brought it to fruition, uh, brought some stickers for that. So that 90s theme will fit right in. Um, I'm going to make a shirt that has that logo on it. Um, got your <laughs> got your cassettes there. Um, Vince, Vince got some t-shirts made for only bands. So we're going to have some only bands t-shirts, uh, but it'll be, it'll be fun. That's spectacular. I, I did make a ton of cassette stickers because, uh, I'm shaking up a little bit. We've had the classic drag and drop shirts a few years and, uh, shirts are great. They're still out there. People can buy them if they want. That's uh look, I don't make any real money off of any of this. I swear. Like I've spent hundreds of dollars in free stickers this year. So if you want stickers, keychains, magnets, and, uh, pins, like I've got it all. I've got data viz maverick. I've got uh drag and drop data plus love. Like I'm, I'm I am a, I don't know. Like I am a swag drug dealer. No, it literally is in plastic bags. Like I, it looks, it looks slightly sketched, Suspicious. but but yeah, it's already packed. It is about five pounds at this point, uh, strictly of plastic and stickers. Uh, and I look forward to just throwing it at anyone that wants some. So if you see me at the conference, hit me up. I will give you some. Uh, will, what are you looking forward to most at the conference? Obviously, be beyond your own presentation and catching up with friends. No, I I honestly have not had a chance to look at all of the, the catalogs. I really want to know what is coming up on the forefront? Um, you know, Mark was talking about open AI and how they're doing. I know they've got Slack GPT. Um, there's Salesforce GPT. Is there Tableau GPT coming? I don't know. Right. And then what would G Tableau GPT look like? I, I have a lot of, I have a giant wish list of just things that I would love for Tableau to do to make my job a lot easier and make visualizations a lot easier. Um, and so, like, I'm I'm curious to see are they are they attacking that? I know us in the data fam have complained over the past few years that their you know new add-ons have been very Salesforce centric, or at least it feels that way. The perception is the perception. That's yeah. what it is. Um, reality or not, I know Francois has said that's not the reality, but that is our perception that it's very like Big Brother's coming in and taking all of our toys. Um, so I'm really looking forward to. You know, Ryan talked about the this new innovation. Like we're gonna leave very excited. So I don't know. I don't know what's coming down the pipe. But that's that's what excites me about TC every year is I don't know what's coming down the pipe. Of course, love to see my friends. Love to have conversations in real life. The hugs, the high fives, the the long distance high fives. You know, COVID safe high fives. Whatever it is, um, that is that's the energizing aspect of the conference. But also seeing like seeing people's light bulbs like go off I, I i've told you this before but like tc16 was my first tableau conference and that cemented my understanding that i am not just making charts and graphs as part of a job function that was my perception going into the conference leaving the conference i realized this is a career this is a, this is a way that somebody can actually do something with this tool and this tool has now opened up the path for countless individuals you know has created so many pathways for us to go from nothing to something go from no experience to being leaders in in the uh in the field or the craft right i like to call it a craft i don't want to say it's a it's a field it's a craft to me. you're constantly honing and refining you're never perfect so 
Yeah, I actually have a similar note in my presentation. I I can I have a slide that shows attorneys, um, teachers, and accountants, and us. And I say, what do we have in common? We're all practice disciplines. You don't learn it once and you're done. You're always learning. And if you aren't always learning, you're going to commit malpractice. You're eventually you're going to fall behind. You're going to be out of date. I mean, that's the worst case. I, I mean, that's the best case, honestly. The worst case is you totally lose all motivation, fall into a malaise, and it becomes a nine to five where you're dead inside and you're doing something you dislike. If you find you know those ways to sort of keep you motivated and keep you interested in learning, you're going to find it's a really rewarding career that, you know, career always sounded like a dirty word to me for the longest time, like because I sort of associated it with like hustle culture or like our parents' generation where it's, you know, you go work at the same place for like 40 years and then, you know, it's just kind of done, but it's like a passionless thing. But for me, really just like, you know, not just having a community, which has been very vital to me because I can feed off of other people's success and work. And I learn from that, but like understanding that like there's limitless capacity to keep learning and growing. Like you're never going to be a master. Like it's never over, but that's a good thing. Cause that means there's always an opportunity to need to learn something new and, you know, find something new that excites you. Yeah. Um, it's like the, it's like the saying published is better than perfect on a viz. Mm -hmm. right you're you'll never have a perfect visualization you'll never have anything no, perfection doesn't exist unicorns don't exist um but it's it, the the reason why i love doing what i'm doing is i love data visualization but i have the the further i've gone in my career i want to help people get to that next level i i realize like i had the dunning kruger curve effect whenever um pre-tc16 and post-tc16 i had gotten introduced to this tool for you know less than a year and oh my god i was creating the best visualizations ever i was creating the best things so it was pie charts everywhere color galore the rainbow just threw up all over the dashboard there were lollipops there were everything there were giant tables it was everything my stakeholders asked for and they loved it and I thought I was awesome. I got a new job because I was so good at Tableau. You know, it was still fairly new within JP Morgan. Um, and so I was, I was just, I was killing it. I was, I was at the top of my game. And I go to TC16 and I realized we're on an old version. I didn't know there were versions of things. We were on like 8.2 or 8.3. And at that year, they were releasing like 10.2 two or ten, 10 something like this and tooltips was shown on on devs on stage um and and i was like oh can i cuss <laughs> it's like Please. oh shit <laughs> that's this we talked earlier about being our full selves being our real selves. Yeah, I, I i i my dad always cussed but it never meant anything it was just words he used to communicate because that's how he felt yeah um and so so like sometimes those words have meaning to me but it's not so I know some people don't like it, but I'll try to be cognizant. I'll be okay. Um, the uh, so so I realized I knew nothing. I didn't know what the hell LOD was because version eight didn't have level of detail. I had all these struggles, all these things I tried to solve, and I realized that they had already been solved. They'd already been fixed. They like there were there were new things, and so I knew nothing. I went from being at the top of my game to being at the complete bottom, and for some people that could be very demotivating. Right. To your yeah. point, realizing like I'm 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 not needed anymore. There's there's you know, there's other people there are other people out there doing what I'm doing and they're just doing it better. 
but I took that as motivation to, to learn and grow. And that's when I started learning about the community. I didn't know community existed. Um, so it was just, it was quite a turning point and it has like skyrocketed me internally. Like I know JP Morgan, my career path has been completely different than many people I know, um, to get to the level that I am at today. Um, I am beyond humble and grateful and thankful for everybody who has helped get me there. And I do everything I can to help get people to that next level, talk to them about their opportunities, show them that it's beyond just a job function. Why is this important? Why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. I mean, I know for me, like I, you and I talked about this before, but I sort of grew up with a mindset where I felt like I didn't have a lot of wins, like growing up for a long time. And especially earlier in my career, like the first, gosh, like maybe like I might be exaggerating slightly by like decade of me working felt like just abs. I had a new boss every year. Like it was just constant turnover. So I never felt like I was making any progress and I never felt like any sort of motivation or satisfaction. And I had two different things. Bosses said to me at one point, I had one boss that said to me, I don't find you interesting and people that I don't find interesting don't go anywhere. And then a few years later, I had a different a mentor that that had said to a friend, like, you know, Zach's not like he's just not here. And like either he needs to figure out what he, he's going to do or just like he needs to get out. And it, it's between the two of those, like the first one kind of crushed me and sent me back a couple of years. And the second one, even though I, I still hadn't found my career in data yet, I was still in uh, I.T., um, I was just like, you know, like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to like go whole hog. I'm just going to like fully commit to this and I'm going to make something happen. So I really just turned myself around and just kicked, you know, my motivation full of gear, but I still wasn't doing something I really cared about. Like I just decided to do it harder. Um, and then when I discovered data and especially when I discovered Tableau, it really opened my mind to what was possible. And especially now, like you were saying, like, imagine you're on an older version of Tableau and you see what people are doing and you realize how your skill set's falling behind. I know for me, when I see someone create something fantastic that I don't understand, <laughs> like, especially if I don't understand it, but that I'm amazed that you could do, or I didn't think of doing before, like, I just feel more motivated because I'm reminded that the horizon is so far away and so wide and that there's so much for us all to learn. And I love sort of pushing the boundaries. Like I'm not a technical wizard. Like there's some people that we know, like Brian Moore, like you look at the stuff he creates and it's, it's always like a technical masterpiece and you're like oh my gosh how much work did you put in like how does your mind work that way and my mind doesn't work that way my i've had a boss say like i like that you're lazy and he meant it as a compliment because what he meant was and he said this because you find more elegant and simple ways to accomplish things to get more done and i'm like yeah exactly like i like to make stuff that's easy lift and shift like that anyone could pick up like I, I just find some kind of beauty in like simplicity. Like I want to make the easiest version of this because I've made the complex version and it's broken. And then when it breaks, trying to fix it or God forbid, you know, you inherit someone else's crazy version of something and you have to untangle it. And that's not to, you know, critique Brian or anything like that. That it's nothing but respect there. But like, like for me, that's sort of my drive. And that's even why my public work is usually like one chart. Like I'm trying to distill an idea to the simplest form. Cause like, how can I express this the most easily? Yeah, I tell I tell my uh, my stakeholders or people that I'm helping out with business. I said I've got a lot of PTSD. I'm trying to avoid you having. You know, we talk. One of the things I talk about a lot is like defensive development, defensive design. Is 
the only constant in any business is change. Mm-hmm. And so how do you take these, these concepts and how do you start widgetizing them? Can we create something like, why do I have to create a bespoke suit every single time somebody asks for a dashboard? I don't always have to start at nothing, mm-hmm. right? We have made line charts. We have made bar charts. We have made scatter plots. We have made all these different things. What is different about this new ask? What is different about this addition? What is different about this that is different about the others? Oh, it's just a label. Well, look, label is just a pill. It's just it's just a, a dimension to add. Oh, it's just this calculate like like trying to get people when we talk about minds thinking differently. I have learned um, going with my psychiatrist because I'm I'm an adult diagnosed ADHD person, um, and I've been you know doing treatments, and he told me I've got three dimensional thinking. Um, so I've got like geospatial thinking in my brain. Like I, and I think that's why data visualization and data analytics really clicks with me. It's because I can see the data where it's coming from. I know I have to do something to it. I know I have to visualize it. So I can pretty much come up with the whole process, um, in my mind. And I, I even test stuff. Like I test calculations in my mind. I'm like, I think this will work. No, wait, hold on. Like let it add this additional thing, take out this, and that's probably going to be your solution. And 98% of the time, it's correct, right? And and, it, and so I, it, it just, it's, I don't know, it just makes sense to me, right? So how, I can't make that make sense to other people all the time, but in showing them like how to think about widgetizing, how to think about Everybody owns a black suit. You know, guys own black suits. That's a common thing. I don't want to say all guys, but guys own black suits. I don't have to go buy a new black suit every single time I go to an event, right? I have one black suit. Maybe I need to get tailored. Maybe I need to get, you know, expanded on, take, taken in, whatever, hemmed up. But I should be able to go and just pick up a black suit off the rack. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And we're, we're considering similar things at work right now. We're trying to come up with stuff that's, you know, you're able to drop in different elements and switch things up. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, we use, you know, we have our own sort of viz standards and we have some templates and stuff for like a starting point, right? Like you don't want to have to create your drop down menus every time. Um, but like finding ways, like what if you could create a modular dashboard where you just ask the different ingredients that your client has and mix it up differently. And I think it's the kind of stuff that everyone is circling around right now. We're trying to come up with those solutions. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of the reasons the conversation we just had with Mark is exciting because, you know, people are, are talking about what's next. And it's like so much over there, what they're actually saying, what's next is already what's now. Like, you know, chat GPT, AI, like all that stuff is in the future. It's the present and like what comes next. So, I mean, at the very least with Tableau, we've seen them introduce some new concepts this past year. Um, we know for a fact some uh, cool new stuff is coming. Uh, but also it's like, it's not just the features that they add. It's the ways that people use it. And so many of the amazing techniques, ideas uh, that are out there are as a result of people using the tool and creating those techniques versus them sort of being baked in. Um, so that that's the part that people miss out on. They're looking for integrated features when really at the end of the day, like so much of what you can be doing is based on your own personal horsepower and innovation. And I'm not even saying like you have to be Brian Moore, but like thinking differently and applying new ideas to the same tool you already have. Yeah. One of the, you know, I, I didn't touch you and I chatted about this pre pre call, um, but thinking differently in the drive and all these different, like the, what I told Mark at dinner and you know, 
about how important the data fam is, how important the tool is, and is how so many people have made amazing careers for themselves. I'm not talking about just necessarily financial success, but personal successes, personal goals, professional goals, professional um, titles, whatever it is. Like I have seen people go from nothing to rising stars. You know, I, I count myself in that, in the aspect when I grew up, I grew up scraping the line of lower middle class. Like we were at the very bottom. I did not know that when I was growing up, but lived in thrift store clothes. We, we didn't have, we got generic stuff. We, we didn't have any, like we didn't have everything we, we wanted. We had everything we needed. Some of what we wanted, we were very fortunate, but um, so it was, it was a different life growing up. And I told, you know, at the dinner, I told Mark, I said, you know, 13 years ago, literally, I was the person passing the appetizers at parties like this. I was the person making drinks behind the bar at parties like this. Never in my life did I ever think I would ever be able to have dinner with the people that I had dinner with, like actually sit down at the table, not necessarily be in the room because I was in the room with many people. I don't know who they were, what they were doing, anything, but having dinner and being a part of those conversations is is something that I never in my life thought I would do. And so that was because of what Tableau opened those doors um, to people like me that didn't have the IT background, didn't have anything. When I got out of, like, when I got into the financial industry, like my first job in the financial industry was consulting. Um, I knew nothing about consulting. I knew nothing. I, I literally, like part of my interview, the guy said, you know, what is your biggest weakness? I said, biggest weakness is I honestly have no idea what more, like anything about mortgages because we're being <laughs> hired to do like mortgage stuff. And I said, but I'll tell you, I didn't know Portuguese until I started learning it, you know, and I learned enough of a basic language that, um, not a basic language, but I learned enough to get me basically fluent and six months before I went to Brazil the first time that it was just basic enough. And I said, you're a consulting firm. People hire you for a job. I don't have to know the entire industry. You're going to teach me what you're being hired for. And I, I bullshitted my, my way through that. But I mean, it's very true, but you know, I knew nothing. So I came from a point of a restaurant industry, bartender, waiter. I worked for a point of sale company and kind of going back to that language thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. I couldn't do that anymore. So I reached out to a bunch of friends and I was just open to opportunities. And I stumbled into data analytics after that consulting gig, after I started working at, at Chase. Um, and it just skyrocketed from there. Like, I mean, it's just so, but I, I know that's my story. That's my journey. That's my path. But I, I know countless people that have the same type of journey, right? And people are able to get it earlier now, right? They don't have to hit a lot of the road bumps that I hit. And maybe... Like, I, I don't want to say maybe that's a, good, that's a great thing, right? Um, but it also helps us that have gone along those paths to say, hey, look, this path is easier because all these other things, we've solved some of these things for you. So remember, if you ever have to start from somewhere down here, you've got to solve some of these problems too, right? You've got to, whatever the, you know, data security, real level security, like you can you can solve that easily in some ways, but you can't in others. And so you got to teach others, like, why is the, or are these things important? Like, I'm kind of of rambling at this point. (laughs) I'm passionate about it. You know, it's uh, that look, that's why we're here. Um, But no, 100%, like 
I know my career path was very like weavy. Like I, this wasn't a linear thing for me. Like I didn't come here directly. And there are a lot of people that are more fortunate now. There's more education around this in colleges, or like you could even skip college and get straight into the data school. Like if you're savvy, if you knew this existed and this is what you wanted to do, there's lots of opportunities like that. There's millennials and data out of Howard university where Chantilly runs that there's all these like great shops that are really shortcutting and launching people into this field, like a bullet, like they come in and they're coming in with amazing skills. They're coming in with great backgrounds, really the hardest thing, um, for a lot of these folks coming in and this isn't something you can teach is like the personal it's that language that you're talking about like if you go to japan you know you're we were sharing that story earlier where you know the first thing to do is learn how to say the stuff you don't want and in the same way learning how to talk to clients and understand that they may not have the correct words to know what they're supposed to be asking for they may uh, throw some concepts at you and if you're sort of less seasoned in experience you might just take that as an order versus it's a prompt for the beginning of a conversation. And I talk with people about professional maturity and a large part of that is understanding that, you know, it's business requirements um, are a starting point, not the end point. And you as sort of the mature analyst, your job is to interrupt those, come in, ask questions, um, try to get to the bottom of not what they're telling you to make, but what they're needing to accomplish, what they're needing to understand and what decisions they're needing to make. And then you can apply your expertise and you'll often bring them to a point that's way better than the thing that they're asking for. Because as that sort of junior analyst or IT person or what have you, any technical field, really, everyone has been in a case where they delivered exactly what was asked for in the requirements. And then no one ever used it or they ask you to totally recreate it because they realize it wasn't what they wanted. And it's really that's the hard part of, you know, the business. And that's the part that you build up by practice and watching others and learning. Yeah. I'm a big fan of analogies. And one of the analogies I constantly tell people my, from a stakeholder perspective is don't show me a picture of the building you want me to drive to. I have seen many buildings in my life. I have no idea where the hell that picture is. I don't know who took it. I don't know the angle. I don't know. Did you want to go to a specific floor? What I want to understand is Give me the exact address you would like to go to. And it's not just the address, but like, if is there a floor? Is there a section? Like, you know, that is very important because then I can figure out the path to get there. I can put it in ways and I can drive there. And I know the path is not linear, that sometimes I'm going to hit traffic. Sometimes traffic is unavoidable. Sometimes traffic, traffic is avoidable and you just move along. So maybe it's like, I don't have access to this data as of right now, I'm waiting on my control, on my access to be approved. Somebody else says, okay, hey, let me give you this. It's an, it's an extract of what we have now. That's a detour, right? Start working on that. You're going to get back on the highway once you get the access, but you do some detours. Um, and that's, that's huge when people actually realize, and I say, you know what? I'm not the only one in the car. You're in the car with me. And you're the data owners. You're in the car with me. Everybody's in the same car. And if someone says, hey, pull over, I've got to pee then we've got to figure out, we say, hey, all right, stop. Is there a place to pull over? It, like, just you, We're all communicating. And if we decide we don't want to go to that specific address anymore, that's okay. But I didn't want everybody in that car to agree we're not going to that, that location. We can pull over, have those conversations. But um, and, and when you treat it like that and from a communication perspective, that is, that is something hard to teach others to communicate like that everyone's going to find their voice very important to find your voice and use your voice um 
that's my voice. That's my way of communicating. But I notice a lot more um, like agreement from business holders on there. Like they they feel like they understand what I am saying. Right. It's more relatable. Yeah, I um I have a similar approach to that. I talk about making the shareholder part of the team. And essentially, if this is a you project, they don't really care that much if it succeeds. Because at the end of yeah. the day, if this doesn't work out, they'll complain to their boss. You'll be the one that's left holding the bag and everything. But if you make this a, a like a we project, an us project, where they're working this with you, where they're invested in the outcome, where they're getting excited about where this is going, where they care about using the thing you're making, then they're going to be just as invested as you in bringing this to market. And they're going to work to move obstacles out of the way. They are going to be interested in making sure that the thoughts that they have are articulate and that you understand them and, you know, that they answer your questions or get you things on time. You know, it's about, you know, bringing that partnership and sort of like creating your team versus just being a solo act. Yeah. I, I tell them all the time. My success is your success. Your success, is my success. I'm not making this for me. I'm, I'm not technically in a business. I am in finance, but I am supporting other businesses in finance. Um, so I don't know the problems that they, that they need to solve. I can make assumptions. I think I'm fairly smart to make assumptions on certain things. Um, but if they don't use something that I developed and I created, I have failed. And that means they have failed because they didn't give me the right information to use that. And I failed in not understanding their requirements and not understanding their needs. Right. So I want to make sure I'm continually making a product that people want to buy or people want to use. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's really like, and these things are things that are are tool agnostic. These are these are just yeah. ideas for anything you could be developing as a person. I mean, you could be an artist and and you should be thinking about these things. Like you have some patron somewhere that asked for something, like they said they, you know, draw a picture of me and my wife. Like, do they did they want a family portrait or what did they want? You know, trying to to cut through the noise because what what they said, they might have an idea in their head, but that they might lack the terminology and everything. And I don't know. Well, this has been, uh, man, we've been talking it's for the better good. part of two hours. Like not all of this is, is, uh, is on tape. And I think people are going to be really excited about this. Uh, but dang, man, like I, I am both tired and fired up. I know you and I have been talking about this conversation for a while. Uh, cause this was kind of a big deal, man. But, uh, I appreciate you bringing, uh, I appreciate you speaking for the community sometimes uh, in, in this, you know, back in January 7, when things melted down on Twitter and Mark reached out to people, you were uh, the tip of the spear on that. And uh, you, you really, you made this relationship with Mark and uh, to that end, that's why you got invited to that party. That's why Mark was willing to come on this podcast. Um, and hopefully people heard a side of him. They weren't familiar with. I know I did. Um, and, you know, look, everyone form their own opinions. Like that's what this is all about. Like we just wanted to provide an opportunity just like any other guest that comes on the show. And, you know, we try to be honest brokers. Uh, we try to, you know, be fair to people, but you know, some people will say we didn't ask the right stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, then why don't you ask Mark? That, that reminds <laughs> me of a joke for Mitch Hedberg. Like you can't please all the people all the time. And the, last night those people were at my show. Ah, <laughs> love Mitch Hedberg. Well, Will, it has been a delight. I will see you in about one week, and uh, we will rehash this conversation uh, for that entire week with people asking us questions. It has been a delight, sir. I appreciate uh, your friendship over the years, and uh, let's keep it rolling, man. Always.
My Daddy's Batman. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you could get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one you won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.